0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: Hey, Matthew here. I'm on leave this week and thought I'd play you an episode I recorded last year for another podcast you might not have heard of called Power and Public Space. Co-produced by Drawing Matter and the Architecture Foundation, the podcast features short conversations with architects, artists, and academics that offer new possibilities for understanding and making public spaces today. Its ten episodes feature the likes of Liza Fior, a director of MUF, the feminist art and architecture practice, the architectural historian Anna Benet Miro, who reflects on the enduring significance of the Fun Palace project by Cedric Price and Joan Littlewood, And there's even an interview with the admin behind the anonymous Instagram meme account Dank Lloyd Wright, which is the one I'm about to play for you. If you like it, go check out the rest via the link in the show notes, or just search for Power and Public Space wherever you're listening to this now. All right, I hope you enjoy it, and I'll be back again in two weeks with a new episode of Scaffold. You're listening to Power and Public Space, a co-production of Drawing Matter and the Architecture Foundation. I'm your host, Matthew Blunderfield. Memes are increasingly affecting the way we think about and practice architecture today. And they're as much a form of entertainment as they are a means of holding models of power to account within industry and academia. The meme itself, in the anonymous Instagram account Dankloid writes hands, is a sophisticated visual tool with its own codes, styles, and languages that mirror the ever-shifting currents of internet culture. DLW's critiques and the debates around them take place almost exclusively online, and in the comments sections of their Instagram account in particular, in an era where an argument could be made that public life itself need not extend beyond the screen. Meme space, as Dankloy Wright explains, has the potential to showcase what criticism could be when it's detached from the profit motives of advertising, self-promotion, and clout chasing. And in this interview... Dankloid Wright discussed what meme space means to them, and the kind of virtual public forums that it fosters. And just before we start, I should let you know that this interview wasn't originally a dialogue. Because Dankloid Wright are made up of many anonymous contributors, we decided I'd share my list of questions for the group to consider and answer individually in writing. Basically, I sent a Google Doc of questions to the admin email, and then a few months later received a series of answers in different fonts which I then fed into an AI voice automation program, using different voices to represent the variety of respondents. All right, so here it is. A constructed, but hopefully still intriguing and revealing interview with the anonymous Instagram meme account Dank Lloyd Wright. Who is Dank Lloyd Wright? I know that you're an anonymous, rotating group of academics and practitioners, But tell me as much as you can about the kinds of people who contribute to the account.
3: Cloyd Wright is the director of the Center for ANTS. ANTS is short for Anti-Capitalists. DLW
0: is a collective of workers in architecture, construction, education, culture, and activism.
3: A shared thread between our admins is that we are all frustrated with the field of architecture in architecture criticism as a whole. This is because systemic critiques are not being made often enough, and most widely consumed criticism remains formal in nature. Additionally, ongoing discourse is proliferated in serious academic language and doesn't incorporate comedy, which is something that has helped us engage a wider segment of the population.
2: Listeners might not be familiar with the reference your account makes to dank memes, so could you just explain, what is a dank meme?
4: Huh? Well, if you
0: have to ask. The dank meme is a term for a picture with text on it that resonates with an audience who shares it and accelerates its absorption into popular culture.
1: A dank meme is one that accepts its inherent futility as a point of strength. Ideally, it should not be trying to do anything. At most, it can try to undo. Not all of our posts are dank memes, but overall, the vibe is dank. In other words, we try to dismantle the indoctrination of capitalist and imperialist thinking in architecture and design. We try to help young people see through the bullshit and feel confident that whatever interpretations and meanings they create will probably be better than the status quo.
2: For the benefit of listeners who might not be familiar with Dan Lloyd Wright, I just wanted to give a sense of the kind of memes we might scroll through on your account. So for example, we might encounter a campaign of real talk posts denouncing exploitative working conditions in architecture, or a series of absurd shitposting memes riffing on the Center for Ants quote from the 2001 movie Zoolander, with periodic memes of in-group humor related to architectural teaching and practice. Your feed also features endorsements for actions like architectural worker unionization and sleeping eight to ten hours a night. So in this light, there's a pattern to the memes you post, with each meme appearing to play a role and contributing to a more complex whole. Can you talk about how you see your memes working together as a system, and to what end?
3: Our memes work together only in the sense that there's no curation and no internal censorship of each other's posts, except in the rare case when a meme crosses the line and becomes problematic. We believe humor, silliness, crudeness, extreme localism, and non-sequiturs belong in architecture discourse and that the field is way too serious about itself, given the trivial nature of most of its positions. We firmly oppose the self-serious facade of institutions and the dogmatic tunnel vision that allows discussions of architecture to forget that people are normal human
1: beings. There is no pattern to DLW posts. Sometimes we are posting things that directly contradict each other and are horny, or puns, or both. Some posts are more legendary than others though. There are some bangers we keep laughing about.
4: Instead of trying to see a pattern in the chaos, maybe it's worth framing all 10,000 plus DLW memes as a single, non-linear essay in which each meme is a single sentence. That's an interesting thought exercise. If you conceive our content this way, As a single work versus a series of scattered themes, what would the essay's message be?
2: In a recent eFlux article, you've explained that meme space has the potential to showcase what criticism could be when it's detached from the profit motives of advertising, self-promotion, and clout chasing. Can you talk more about what meme space means to you and the kind of virtual public spaces and forums that it fosters?
3: We've had intense interactions and debates with our followers and commenters. Sometimes our memes are intentionally sensational or confrontational simply because we want to spark reactions and hear people's opinions. Something we have noticed is that there is an enormous population of young practitioners and students across the world who have no interest or need to legitimize the insular discourses of American or European architecture cultural institutions. They remind us that many of the critiques of labor, compensation, and equal access are skewed towards Western economic expectations that are still far beyond the wages or conditions offered in India, Mexico, Poland, etc. Meme space means people can provoke debate or respond to our posts regardless of stature, reputation, location, age, etc.
0: One of the biggest problems with mainstream architectural criticism is how it often requires a platform that maintains self-serving editorial privileges. This leads to a situation where criticism suffers because people want to maintain access. At times this results in disillusionment among young people because those in power are thoroughly removed from accountability. We aim to provide a direction for this disillusionment so that instead of burning out, young architects move towards transformation. So many of us have been at the edge of quitting the profession, and some have. We hope for a future in which architecture is no longer a submissive tool for the accumulation of capital. Meme space, anonymity, and our public forum offer a chaotic force that, when wielded towards our collective liberation, can push on that pressure point of change so that the critical mass flows towards change and avoids reinforcing systems of exploitation.
2: Elsewhere, you've described Dankloid Wright as a digital exercise in architecture without architects. I was wondering if you could expand on this idea. To what degree do you consider your memes as an architectural practice?
3: Our memes are architectural practice in as much as they engage with forms of discourse, theory, and critique. There are debates about representational strategies, questions about labor practices, or other topics like hubris or fame. We did enter a competition once, and we do make work together. What is interesting and contentious about the term architecture without architects is not that it is architecture without architects. But that the institution of architecture hasn't been able to affix a single author to the work. In that sense, architecture without architects is perhaps architecture with many architects, or architecture with architects you don't know. The term is problematic, but for us it establishes that this is a collective enterprise.
1: You know, architecture without architects was an orientalist and kinda racist show at MoMA with a catalog, right? We're all just bugs sitting in bed putting letters over images. I don't really know what to tell you. Sometimes I'm posting from the front storage unit of a Lamborghini. Other times I'm posting from underneath a raised floor with a UL105 construction with one additional layer of 5 eighths type X gypsum by contractor.
2: Do you think of your memes as architectural representations? For example, I can imagine historians looking back on this kind of work as a novel form of avant-garde architectural drawing.
4: They are not drawings. They are memes.
2: All
3: architectural representation is propaganda. However, our memes aren't depicting an ideal form to be developed in other media. They don't represent anything. They are just posts, sometimes shitposts. They definitely function
0: as architectural criticism, avant-garde or not it's tempting to situate DLW in some sort of lineage, but the point of the page is to reject any self-serving canon and to exist outside of it as best we can. Lineage fetishization is a massive obstacle for architecture in how it restricts exploration, conservatizes work, and promotes self-promotional practice instead of liberatory practice. DLW is really the pushing and prodding of public-facing institutions or individuals who are susceptible to our influence. But as for solutions proposals, DLW can only
1: propagandize. Isn't it weird that we look at any historical architectural drawings at all? Like what were they trying to tell us? It's cool how the Gothic cathedrals were built over hundreds of years by generations of people who couldn't read and were drunk most of the time. No wonder they carved gargoyles, you know? Like what does that do to your head? Do you think they were trying to tell us something?
2: You've explained that one hurdle for memes is navigating the dilemma of the trickster folk hero, and that in every mythology, we see that the trickster was leading us to a new world, but only in hindsight. As you've explained, memes can operate similarly, and I wondered if you could tell me about this new world that your memes are pointing to.
3: Memes could be dismissed as just a side project for frustrations that have no real impact. That might be true, but all of our side projects combine into a big one.
1: As Antonio Gramsci wrote, the old world is dying, the new world is yet to be born, now is the time of monsters. Now is also the time of memes. Perhaps memes are the monsters. Or are memes the tools with which we fight the monsters? It will be hard to know in retrospect, and even harder to tell now. You'd best start believing in meme worlds, Because we're all living in one now.
4: One of my favorite meme templates is of a soldier from the video game Halo. Standing on a mountain overlooking a dystopian, troubled cityscape. The base deck starts with, the year is 2030 and ends with, this is my story. In between these phrases, one is free to insert whatever future they want to see. This is a nice meme template because it forces you to think about that future without any parameters. If anything, there's real value in talking about the different worlds that are possible. This is something that Mark Fisher addresses in Capitalist Realism specifically about how capitalism robs us of the ability to think about alternative futures that deviate from the present because we're constantly being told that there is simply no alternative quoting margaret thatcher thankfully capitalist realism's hegemony is finally starting to be threatened and challenged in post-capitalist realism Memes are almost like the sounds that baby chicks make after they've just pierced their eggs with their beaks from the inside, breathing in light and air for the first time in their lives. Power
2: in Public Space is a co-production of Drawing Matter and the Architecture Foundation. I'm Matthew Blunderfield, and I make the show. Check out the other episodes in this series, which are all online and ready to stream wherever you're hearing this now. If you like the show, leave a rating on iTunes, and thanks for listening. You've just heard an episode of the podcast series Power and Public Space. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back again in two weeks with a new episode of Scaffold, featuring an interview with the social practice Resolve Collective.